in a world where jobs are how most people make money. One man, one desire, one challenge dares to break the mold. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where we don't work for money. Money works for us. Coming soon, viewer discretion advised. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where cash flow is king. Real estate investing, the means, so you can enjoy your retirement dreams. This is the show where we cut right to the chase. No sales pitch, no long monologues, just simple how-to real estate investing advice, so you can earn the passive income you need to enjoy your retirement today. And now, your host and chief old dog, Bill Manassero. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. I'm your host, Bill Manassero, and this is a show where 50-plusers and anyone else who wants to join us get solid, no-sales-pitch real estate investing advice to help generate real cash flow. This podcast airs twice weekly on Mondays and Fridays, and if you aren't already a subscriber, go to iTunes or Apple Podcast, type in Old Dogs, spelled D-A-W-G-S, find our podcast and subscribe. Well, we got a real treat for you here. Uh, this is a, a, a guy that, uh, man, I've been talking to for a little while now. It's, uh, you know, we kind of made contact through email and uh, uh, he has a, a great story. And in fact, uh, he uh, already wrote a little blog that's in our blog section of our, our website. If uh, you guys get a chance to check it out, maybe after the podcast, but uh, I'm talking about James Ledbetter and uh, James is just a, just a great guy. He's uh, Texas born and bred. Um, he is a regular guy, uh, you know, he, and this is from him. So average smarts at best, but I think he's, he's a very smart guy because he's in real estate investing and uh, he uh, also uh, has a regular full-time job uh, working as a banking compliance officer, but he's been investing in real estate for a while now. And uh, uh, I might add, you know, probably really at the top of his, uh, his bio is uh, he is just grateful to be happily married and blessed to be dad of two teenage girls. And uh, so uh, he is just a, a great guy. He's got a lot of information to share. He's got uh, 10 single family rental houses, uh, one business rental house, an additional business rental house in the works. I guess we're gonna find out what that business, what business rental house, uh, houses are all together too. But anyway, James, welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. Bill, thank you for that nice introduction. Uh, happy to be joining um, and, and having a conversation. Appreciate the invite. Well, it is uh, totally my pleasure. And, you know, I, I, I get more of a thrill, you know, talking to, to guys that have, like yourself, you know, that, that come in and, and just, you know, just kind of figure it out. <laughs> on their own and um and then start building their their little real estate empire there just uh um on the side and 
and kind of learn as they go along. And I think talking to people like yourself, uh, I think is, is really great for our audience because so many of them, um, you know, maybe haven't started yet, or maybe they have started, but they're, um, you know, they're, they're maybe having some rough, rough go of it here and there. And, uh, I think uh, I think what uh, information you can provide is going to be invaluable for our audience. Well, thank you, and um, yeah, I, in like manner, Bill, uh, talking real estate with like-minded individuals uh, that either stumbled into real estate or uh, you know um, made a conscious decision that they wanted to own uh, residential properties and rent them out. Uh, it's just nice to have that camaraderie and to realize that uh, it can be a vehicle to help you reach several different goals. Uh, and those goals don't have to be the same for everybody. But I've, I've sure enjoyed it. Um, and, um, and and it's always fun to, to uh, share with other like-minded individuals. Uh, well, we really appreciate it. And, uh, well, let's, why don't you just kind of give us your story? Uh, you know, I kind of gave an overview there, but, you know, how did you get started? And, uh, you know, how did you grow your, your portfolio? Uh, and uh, you know, just kind of give us the, the basics here. Sure, sure. And if you don't mind, in preparation, I was trying to think of some words that kind of best describe me and in, in my real estate journey. And I've actually got four words <laughs> that I'll, I'll share with you and your audience um, that, that kind of sum me up. Um, those four words are unsophisticated, untraditional, unconventional, and unorthodox. <laughs> so, and, and I say that because I know when, as I've gone through the years and tried to educate myself and tried to learn from others and using that great source called the internet to give myself an education, I've realized that, you know, um, a real estate investor um, is not going to be in one mold. And and not everybody that, that participates in real estate you know, might be a square peg for a round hole. And I think that's me. So even though I've enjoyed some successes in real estate, um, it, it's not because I am very analytical or, or sophisticated or that I follow the recipe, so to speak, that other successful real estate investors have uh you know, the, the, I've, I haven't necessarily followed the path that they've laid out. So I guess over the years, I've just become encouraged by the fact that there's more than one route to success when it comes to real estate. And it really isn't uh, just well suited for just one type of person, uh, because if it was, um, I wouldn't be talking to you today and I wouldn't have uh, stuck with real estate all these years. Uh, so my path uh, started many, many years ago, way back in the 90s. Um, I was a single guy um, in my 20s and I realized, hey, as great as it is living uh, at home, I better venture out. I better grow up. 
and, and mature. And uh, when I had that epiphany, there just happened to be a house for sale a few doors down from the house that I grew up in as a teenager. And I, I asked myself, hey, I wonder if I could buy that house. It seems cheap enough. Uh, not knowing anything about how to buy a property, how to how to get a mortgage, how to get a loan, but I wasn't afraid to ask that question, and uh, I ended up purchasing this house three doors down from where my father uh, uh, lived, and and the house that I grew up in, and thus started my, you know, that was the very first purchase that I made, and I still have that that house bill um, amazing and and that's that's one property that has turned into a business rental so um, I rented it for a few years to you know just regular individuals that are looking for a place to rent and then um, uh, over the years the the whole area where that property is has gone commercial and so now, I actually have a business tenant in that occupying that property. Oh, really? What kind of business? It's a uh, financial planner. Okay. Uh, so I I actually signed a commercial lease with Edward Jones. You've probably heard of them. They're a pretty prominent, uh, you know, financial planning uh, entity. And so I've had an Edward Jones consultant in my property. For a number of years now. Wow, that's great. Now, how old were you again when you bought this? I, I guess I was like, I don't know, 27, something like that. Okay. And and you just went through the, the regular processes in terms of uh, applying for a, a mortgage loan and and uh, and uh, putting the down payment and, you know, more the sort of the traditional approach? Without question. Yeah, very very straightforward, very traditional approach. I, if I, if my memory doesn't fail me, I think I called the agent that that seemed to be the listing agent, and I probably said something like, "Hi, I'm James. Uh, can you tell me how to make an offer on your house that you've got for sale uh, in Round Rock, Texas?" <laughs> and you know, just just really. Um, you know, d didn't try to pretend to know anything because I really didn't. And I said, um, you know, uh, if you can help me get from point A to point B and help me, um, you know, uh, make an offer and help me, you know, navigate getting a mortgage loan, uh, that would be great. So thus started, you know, uh, probably a several uh, several discussions with that individual and and probably got referred to a uh, a loan officer who probably then asked me, hey, James, do you have a job? I think at the time I did. Hey, what do you make? And, you know, I was able to get approved and uh, I helped uh, th that listing agent helped me make an offer on her listing and the seller accepted Oh, uh, so now, so then I realized, hey, now I own a, I think it's about an 850 square foot house, and uh, had my had my first my first pad, and moved in and resided there uh, for a couple of years, 
Uh, and then uh, a pretty young girl caught my attention, and the rest is history. <laughs> well, that uh, pretty young girl, I, I assume, is your wife. <laughs> it, it would be, yes, yes. So I had some good fortune in that she, uh, you know, she she was in my path, and thankfully, uh, I was smart enough to recognize that hey, she might be special, and she might be able to. Um, you know, help me to be my, my, my best self. Oh, that's great. So that's we great. never lived there as a couple, as, as a married couple. Oh, okay. Uh, and shortly after we got married, I, I think, I think this tiny little, you know, 850 square foot house probably wouldn't, uh, have impressed her too much. So I think somewhere after getting married, uh, we, we realized, Hey, um, you know, uh, w probably with her urging uh, Bill, you know, could we find uh, uh, something that had more appeal to it uh, from from her perspective? And when we purchased the second house, I, I for, for some crazy reason thought, well, why can't I just hold on to this house and not part with it and turn it into a rental? So um, it was it was a learning process the entire time, you know, to ask that question. Okay, now I know how to buy a property. Can I buy another one without selling this one? And what will that take? And, you know, do I need to secure a, a, a tenant and, um, you know, show that I've got an executed lease uh, to pull this off? Oh, that's uh, that's great. And so you you're just figuring it out as you go along. Boy, that that is so the truth. Yeah, really just um you know, being very transparent with every realtor, every mortgage guy I spoke to just saying, "Hey, I don't know anything. Can you tell can you answer a bunch of dumb questions cuz I've got a lot to ask." And I think maybe just uh you know, taking that, taking that approach and asking others for guidance, um, you know, was, was a good approach because I quickly, you know, with, with, within a short period of time, I realized, okay, you can, uh, buy a second property and not sell your first one. And here's how you can pull that trick off. You know, here's how you can go about doing that. And um, so we we moved into uh, a house that, that um, you know, a few miles away and that tiny little first property, eight, 850 square feet. Um, I've just held on to it all these years and gone through, um, you know, in the in the early years, gone, probably gone through dozens of tenants. And then, like I mentioned the whole area uh, became rezoned for business use. And um, so it, it was the next logical step for me to see if I could uh, find a suitable business that would love to have a tiny little house where they could bring clients in. And uh, lo and behold, um, Edward Jones fell into my lap. And it was ideal for 
a financial planner who was, um, you know, trying to build their business and uh, talking to clients to have a small presence in a house where they could hide, uh, hang their sign outside and, um, you know, just kind of give this little property a, a business look and feel uh, so that it's a, uh, it's the right kind of environment for that type of uh, business professional. Now, did you have to adjust uh, sort of the, the rent um, either up or down because it now was a, became sort of a commercial type rental? I did. I, I remember uh, not knowing anything about, well, how do you rent to a business and what, what do those rent rates look like? Um, I, I, I think I recall um, doing some searches uh, uh, locally. To, and and finding a um, you know a a firm that doesn't just rent houses but they do commercial leases as well and much like uh, that scenario I, I I just called and said hey I've I own a property in a downtown uh, area uh, that I think would be perfect for uh, a business owner or somebody looking for, you know, uh, a place to bring by clients because across the street was a funeral home. A few doors down, there might have been like a, a dentist office or something like that. So uh, I, I just found somebody that that leased commercial space and they were eager to say, James, we can market your house. We can bring by potential clients and let's just see where this takes us. So it all led to, hey, we found you a client. Hey, here's our here's our acquisition fee for bringing you this client. We can help you with a with a formal commercial lease. And, um, you know, I was off to the races. Oh, that's great. And, and uh, the. I mean, the big difference I would imagine would be that uh, you don't have anywhere near the turnover that you would have with a residential property uh, because they're trying to establish their business in a community, right? Yeah, uh, I, I would say um, there are some stark differences, uh, namely the one that you just brought up. Because this was, I, I manage all my properties myself, Bill, but with my commercial property, I do have that. A relationship with that uh, commercial real estate company, you know, when 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 questions come up from my tenant, or if there are any alterations that Edward Jones would like to make to the lease, I can go to those experts and say, help help me understand all of this, you know, help me understand all this legalese and the the. Um, you know, sometimes complex uh, contracts and things like that. You know, make make sure that I don't uh, inadvertently or because I'm a novice at this, uh, sign something that I don't understand. So I've got them there to to help me when those rare instances come up. But yet, much like a residential tenant, they pay the utilities. Um, you know, you, you can, you can, uh, w when there is something that needs to be done at the house, they will call me directly 
and I'll I'll find a handyman or a plumber or an HVAC person or whatever. Uh, so that's all very similar, you know, because because I'm direct, I'm actively involved in all my properties. When a tenant, whether they're commercial or residential, need anything, they text or call me directly. Right. And then I'll 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 try to resolve whatever issue is going on at the house or issue maybe going on with them personally. You know, let's say they can't make rent on time or something like that. But with my commercial lease, here's 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 a nice plus. That money, that rent gets deposited via ACH into my uh, bank account directly, uh, routinely, by the first each and every month without fail. That's excellent. That's excellent. And do they sign usually a multi-year lease as opposed to year to year? You know, I'm I'm glad you're smart enough to bring that up. Yes. Um, with with my residential properties, I always just sign a one-year lease. I try to just keep it simple and tell them, hey, let's just sign a one-year lease. It doesn't mean uh, we have to change anything in a year, but let's just do this 12 months at a time. But with my commercial lease, it's quite common, or at least that's what I was told, to sign a multi-year uh, lease, and that real estate uh, uh, commercial real estate company that helped me negotiate the rates, you know, they said, "Hey, James, you know, we can we can negotiate on your behalf with with Edward Jones, and uh, where you get a rent increase every year for the next five years, and and if they agree to it." You know, you can count on keeping up with inflation and everything else because we will build in this rate increase for you. And if they if, you know, they may come back and, um, you know, want to negotiate a little bit, but I'm sure they will realize that this is the these are the going rates for commercial space where your property is located and they'll probably uh, be happy to to sign on the dotted line. That's great. Well, you you definitely have grown things though since that that first property. Um, uh, you're up to ten houses, two commercial properties. Um, did you get on sort of a, a fast track? Like, figure well, every year I want to buy it something new, or every couple of years, or, or how, how did how did you grow it? I think for me, um, and and like you mentioned in in the introduction, Bill. Um, I've got a full-time job and, uh, because, um, uh, and, and because we, so because I've got that, uh, salaried, uh, you know, income coming in and maybe more importantly, because, um, I'm just a penny pitcher, uh, a penny pinch, uh, pinch. Uh, and I and we lived very modestly, and we we uh, we uh, we like the idea of living below our means. Whenever um, we've had savings that have equaled like twenty thousand dollars or thirty thousand um, dollars, I'll turn to my wife Bill and say, "Hey." Um, this this money we have over here that we've saved up over the past year, we don't need it for a rainy day. 
It's just sitting there, not earning hardly anything in a savings account. Do you mind if I go shopping for a house? Knowing that I'm going to use that twenty or $30,000 for the down payment. Right. And so I've just, so as, as we've been able to save up and have those funds available for a down payment, I'll go out shopping, uh, making offers on, on, on a few different houses, hoping that one will fall into my lap. And when it does, uh, I know I've got the money for the down payment and I know I can through various banks, uh, go and get a loan you know, just go out and get a, 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 you know, pretty standard conforming loan, put that twenty dollars to $30,000 down and, um, you know, uh, then, then start, you know, looking for a tenant. That's great. That's great. And um, now you, I know you have 10 houses and I, and I know that, you know, in uh, at least uh, all the, the banks I know that, you know, do lending for uh, investors is that that it is the limit, isn't it, uh, for um, you know at least one person to own um, a uh, residential property? Well, I'll tell you this, and um, you know, maybe it's just out of ignorance. Um, uh, you know, I I've uh, I've never spent money, Bill, trying to learn from from various real estate professionals. Uh, I've just thought, hey, I'm sure there's plenty of information that you can just find for free out there on the internet. And so the education that I've gotten over the years, I ran into that. I, I realized, okay, it sure looks like a lot of voices are saying, you know, once you've acquired this many properties, uh, you're going to hit a brick wall and there's no way around it. You know, you'll have to pay cash for properties because no lender is going to lend you money. Well, um, I, I guess I figured I wanted to convince myself of that and find out is that true all the time or just some of the time. So as I've acquired properties, I, I've, you know, I've dialed, you know, what feels like hundreds of banks. I'm sure it hasn't been that many. But um, I've been known to, you know, call every bank in in Central Texas or North Texas or in San Antonio, just saying, hi, I'm James. I've got a regular job. I've got a few rental properties. Uh, would you lend me money if I wanted to add to my portfolio? And if if 15 banks said, no, you don't you don't look you're you're you know, profile isn't, doesn't meet our criteria or whatever. I would just thank them for their time and start dialing other banks. So over the years, I have found a few banks that have said, Hey, James, your credit is good. Thank God I've, I've, I've worked to keep my credit pristine all these years. That goes a long way to looking, you know, uh, credit worthy to a, to a bank. So I've got good credit. I've got my uh, stable job and then telling them that, hey, I've got, you know, five, five, seven properties all rented. Um, 
you know, I'm uh, with with and I've got signed leases and I can produce those leases for you. All of a sudden, I start looking like a credit worthy individual on paper and they can pull my credit. They can see all these loans. They can see that these loans that I've got on my properties, they're performing. I'm not late on them. And so all of a sudden I go from who's this guy that has these rental properties that wants to borrow, you know, wants to get a loan from us to, to maybe looking um, credit worthy to where they tell me, hey, James, if you find a property and can put 20 or even better, 25 percent down on it, we'll loan you all. We'll 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 give you a loan all day long. It's oh, great. So it it has been a journey to 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 you know call countless banks and to say, hey, can I? I'll send you my pay stubs. I'll I'll let you pull my credit. I'll send you my leases. And I, I guess um, I've looked decent enough on paper to where they've wanted to continue the the conversation, knowing that the that the loan that they're the asset that they're loaning on is, uh, you know, I'm putting 20, 20 or, you know, 20 or 30 grand down. And if I were to default, they've got a property that they can sell likely for a profit, not just, you know, pay off the, the, the loan, but they can likely make some money. Should I, you know, not perform. But most of these loans are just, you know, just regular bank loans they're not FHA or anything like that. They're just talking with a uh, com- uh, with a business, uh, you know, lender at a at a bank, right? Or a credit union. Wow. Yeah. That's. I mean. You know. I think so much as you speak. Uh, it seems to me that you know the key word here. You know. I mean. You're, you're talking about unconventional and you know all this stuff. I, you know. To me, it looks like persistence wins, and um, and that's what it looks like. You. You. I'm sure you've had your 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 you know tough tenants, and uh, you know anybody that's been in as long as you have probably had some real tough ones there uh, but you know you've you've stuck with it you've persisted you've moved forward you've you've uh, continued to buy and invest in other properties um with and and you know making the the phone calls for example to all the banks that you have i mean that that's persistence and that and that uh, and it looks like it's paying uh, you know definitely with dividends here too well, I, yeah, Bill, uh, that was a succinct way to, yeah, I, I really do think uh, because um, with, with you know, when, when you finally do make dozens and dozens of calls and then you talk to that bank that gives you a glimmer of hope and then you realize, hey, they're, they're going to say yes, they're going to help me get this done. I think I I think over the years I've just fed off of that uh, energy and realized okay, um, you know, but being persistent and having that tenacity to not give up and and maybe just kind of taking the approach hey, um, you know, problems are going to come, 
you know, you're going to run into obstacles and hurdles and unplanned for uh, issues, whether loan related or tenant related or whatever. But uh, that's okay. That's okay. We're, we're, you know, life isn't about uh, easy. It's about, hey, can you, can you, um, can you, you know, um, can you pick yourself up? Can you learn from your mistakes? Can you, can you um, find little ways to celebrate success? And I think that's what's been encouraging to me is knowing that, hey, there are solutions out there. Are you willing to, um, you know, not give up? Um, keep keep your keep your eyes focused on the goal, whatever that goal is. And, um, you know, with that, having that demeanor has, has helped me to get through some rocky patches and realize, Hey, I'm still in the game and I'm, uh, and maybe that's, maybe that's the saddest, that's the ultimate satisfaction to know that you can, um, you can find solutions if, if you are patient and willing to learn and, um, you know, rather than just trying to avoid, uh, uh, obstacles and opposition and difficult times, just saying, Hey, it comes with the territory. Let me see if I can come out on the other end and, uh, realize, um, you know, that, um, you know, ad adversity, um, doesn't doesn't have to take you down but can can help you um you know can help you fortify yourself and and can certainly be a learning opportunity that's great well you speak you spoke of you know some of the mistakes that and, and how you've learned from them do you have uh, you know maybe one mistake that kind of stands out as something that you grew from uh, and learned from I'll share a recent with you. I'll share a recent one with you. Well, it's good to know. Even experienced guys have make mistakes, right? <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, and you know, um, I have joked and said, someday I'm just going to write all this down and say, Hey, look at all these dumb mistakes that I've made, uh, so that others could be encouraged. Yep. I made the same silly mistake, James. Um, but maybe to a lesser extent, because I realized uh, you had been down that path and I I didn't, um, you know, I, I chose to walk in a different direction. Uh, real recently, uh, Bill, um, I, I just uh, had to rid myself of some horrible tenants at one of my properties that's not in my backyard, but it's actually four, four, four and a half hours away in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, wow. So when you have a, when you have a bad tenant that's several hours away, it, it it's challenging because you can't have that face-to-face, -face, you know, uh, engagement with them to try to resolve what, it, what, what the issue is. Uh, so I had to navigate those waters. Uh, but here, maybe here's the upside. A, I didn't, I've never had to evict anybody. I've sure, I've certainly had my fair share of horrible tenants, 
that weren't paying or just were, you know, uh, horrible is a pretty broad blanket. Uh, but I've certainly had a lot of tenants under that blanket. Um, but I've never had to formally evict somebody. And I see that as a, as a success because, you know, evicting somebody is costly. It's, it sucks. It's a huge time waste. It, it, um, you know, it's, it, it, it interrupts your life as the landlord. And, and so, um, um, you know, I've, I feel like I've learned this unique, um, skill, if you want to call it a skill in, in being able to get rid of a tenant, uh, who has, who has certainly worn out their welcome in your property where you realize, Hey, it would be in everybody's best interest if you just parted ways. So I've kind of learned that art, if it's an art or skill of, uh, asking and pleading somebody to leave, um, when, when they have no business being your tenant. And, uh, I had to do that recently and they left me a mess, but, but I've had to remind myself, Hey, there's always some silver lining. Thank God they're out of my property. Uh, and I can now pick the pieces up, pick myself up and slowly, um, you know, uh, uh, try to re-rent this house out. Uh, so those, those challenges do happen even to the most skilled, I think. Um, and I, I would caution anybody who says, you know, they, they, their, their real estate is the real estate investment has never had any bumps in the road. I, I would, I would think that's a misnomer. Uh, but you can learn the art of negotiation and learn how to be savvy and smart and learn how to, um, you know, maybe go a different direction. If you find yourself with a tenant that really you should just part ways with. So I've, I've learned that skill. I think it's a skill. And, um, and, and now I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to pick up the pieces and brush myself off and see if I can uh, maybe do a much better job of finding uh, a tenant that is a good fit for my property. That's great. That's great. Oh, it sounds like it's a kind of a mix of, uh, you know, uh, mistake and success. It sounds like more success than mistake there. It's a, um, you, you also uh, mentioned something, you did done something pretty unique here too, in that um, you have, and speaking of big successes here, you've, you know, paid off a number of your properties already. Now, did you accelerate your, your payment plan to do that? Or, um, uh, is it, was it just shorter term loans or, uh, you know, that's, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, I think, I think, um, being able to keep my full-time job and also having, uh, you know, uh, some income coming, coming in from my properties, you know, some cash flow each and every month and not just, um, you know, um, and, and again, uh, being a, 
you know, um, pinching every penny and living modestly, um, you know, when we've had Bill, when we've had extra funds, um, I've, I've gone to my boss, that being my wife <laughs> and said, Hey, um, you know, why don't I, um, why don't for this next month, I make three additional payments on one of our, one of our mortgages, one of our outstanding mortgages. And so I'm always looking for an opportunity to, to rather than, you know, buy something, uh, you know, a boat or something silly like that. Um, I, I, um, I tend to, what tends to put a smile on my face is realizing, Hey, that loan that I got five years ago or seven years ago for $130,000, you know, it's down to $50,000 now. And, um, you know, if, if we're, if we're very, uh, intentional with, uh, extra money that we have laying down, you know, laying around, we might be able to pay that thing off. So I've been able to pay off my, my residence, my, my primary home and uh, three rental properties. And so when you see that, you know, that hasn't happened overnight, but, um, but over time we've been able to uh, reach that goal. And uh, it's pretty satisfying to have properties that are debt free, uh, you know, that you don't have an outstanding balance on. You get reminded of here in Texas, how much we pay in property taxes because every year I pay about in total, probably about $60,000 in property taxes. Uh, but at least I don't, but, but by paying off some of these rental properties, uh, you know, it gives you, it gives you some breathing room. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, you know, James, you know, our audience are folks that are, um, you know, 50 years of age and older, uh, at least that's our target audience. And, and, uh, they're you know approaching retirement. They're looking at real estate as a means to either generate cash flow or to help them to grow their nest egg. Um, what kind of advice would you have for those folks that uh, you know that are kind of facing that uh, next season of their lives? And um, in your experience, you know, how do you see you know maybe real estate being part of that? Well, um, I'll share this, Bill. I may, maybe some of your listenership. Uh, they may be fortunate enough to have, um, you know, quote, retirement money sitting in a, in a Roth IRA or 401k or something like that. Uh, a number of years ago, I had a pretty modest um, uh, 401k plan at a prior employer. And when I left that job, I, I was burned out and seeking uh, a, a role somewhere else. So when I left that job, I realized, hey, I've got, you know, uh, I think at the time it was about $50,000 in this uh, employee, you know, stock option plan that my employer provided. And I thought, should I leave that money there? Am, am I, am I, do, do I enjoy, do I enjoy having money in the market? And the answer is, I, I guess I did, uh, but, um, or could I use that money 
to keep this real estate, you know, thing going. And so I got online and started doing some random searches and I found a small, uh, I found some folks that had decided to cash out of a retirement plan early. And I thought, hey, this $50,000, I would much rather have it in an asset that I can understand rather than a mutual fund or some, you know, target fund or, or stocks and bonds or something like that. So I cashed out. Uh, I, I took that money. I paid the tax on it uh, because, you know, I, um, it was prior to being retirement age, you know, so I couldn't pull it out tax free. So I paid that penalty. I paid 20 percent tax or whatever it was. And then I thought, okay, now I'm left with like $30,000. Let me use that to purchase another property. Let, let that be the down payment I need for another rental property. So at the time I was buying properties that were very modestly priced, you know, anywhere from $125,000 to maybe one forty-five. I've never purchased a single-family residence over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow! It's just, that's that's been the space that I've been in, and so in Texas, back in the day, you could you could buy a comfortable three or four-bedroom house in a decent neighborhood that would appeal to a lot of you know t uh, folks families uh, for about, you know, 135 to 145. And I knew that, okay, um, why don't I use this? Why don't I cash out this modest amount of, uh, you know, this, this stock equity plan that I have my, through my former employer and use that for a down payment on another property? Uh, so, to answer your question, if you had people in your listenership that had money sitting idle somewhere or it it just didn't appeal to them to have it in the stock market, they could certainly do what I did and pull that money out and use that money as as a down payment on a on a rental on a rental house. It's great great advice, really good. Well, you know, you've you've got you've built up this amazing portfolio that it just sounds like it's it's just uh, been fantastic uh, for you, and and sounds like you're not in a hurry to get rid of them. Um, what what what's do you have sort of a, a you know an idea of what you want to see in you know ten twenty years down the road? Um, uh, do you want to see more properties? Do you just want to see these free and clear? Do you want to you know you know what, what? What sort of you know your you know just your your future view of of what you what you want to do? Sure, I think um, with the twelve properties I have, um, at least right now, for the foreseeable future, I'm in a holding pattern. I don't just have that desire to uh, add to my portfolio bill. That could change, but right now, the, the fact that uh, the 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 mortgage that we just the loan that we just paid off most most recently was all within the last um, three months. Um, 
I think I'm getting enough satisfaction in just uh, incrementally or it or in, it, as as quickly as I can to paying down these debts, paying down these loans. So the future, um, you know, if if uh, if I got lucky and was blessed and and can continue my day job and uh, as as long as um, you know there's not some unforeseeable um, you know event that that happens maybe I can just uh, be very regimented about paying down these loans and owning a few more properties free and clear sounds awfully appealing to me um, and uh, I'll tell you what I've done on two two of the properties that I've owned free and clear. I've gone out and and um, engaged those same banks that I've had these uh, loans with and said, hey, I've got a property over here that I own free and clear. Would you give me a line of credit on that property? You know, not not a home equity cash out where, you know, they hand me $75,000 or $100,000, but where I've just got, I've got two lines of credit on two of my rental properties that I've paid off. That money is just sitting there idle. If I ever need it, it's like uh, having a credit card um, on these two properties. It, and um, this, this second um, property that, that, I've got as a project right now that I hope to convert to a business rental. I used a home equity line of credit on my personal residence to pay cash for this property. Wow. So, um, you know, I, I had read that, Hey, you know, if you can make a cash offer on a house that sometimes can make you look real appealing and help you get, get, get your offer accepted. So, uh, when I found this, uh, this small modest house in an East Texas town, uh, uh, on a busy street where all the houses were starting to go commercial and being used as businesses rather than rented out as, as, you know, uh, uh just to, to residential families, I, tapped that line of credit uh, that I have on my personal residence and pulled out $125,000. I pulled out my entire line of credit, $125,000, and paid cash for this property that I'm, that I'm working on right now to make it rent ready, maybe for another small business operator like a CPA or an attorney or a financial planner or a realtor or something like that. So paying off properties uh, has has been invigorating, and um, I'd like to stay on that path and and just see how many I can uh, how many balances I can whittle away over time, knowing that hey, with every loan that I pay off, I've got an appreciate appreciating uh, asset. I've got something that. Um, you know, I should be able to rent out 
for the foreseeable future uh, because there seems to be always a plethora of, you know, uh, renters out there looking for a place to occupy. And I can put them on Zillow and market them to those to that potential candidate pool pretty easily and keep everything in motion. Oh, that's great. That That is really great. Um, well, I, you know, I, I'm, time has kind of zipped by here uh, on us, and I, I, gosh, I could, uh, I've got a ton of other questions I'd love to ask you. Um, but I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe there's uh, some folks out there, too, that might want to, um, might want to ask you those questions personally. And um, so, I, you know, how, how can people reach you? What's a, what's a good way for people to, to contact you if they do have some questions? Bill, I, it would be um, so awesome if anybody in your listening audience wanted to call or text me directly uh, because my I would never charge for <laughs> my advice or guidance. And I would have I would I would cherish the opportunity to be able to, um, you know, maybe share some insight that might give um, a listener uh, a, a unique perspective and more than anything, um, maybe help them realize that, hey, um, you know, getting involved in this doesn't have to you don't have to make things complicated. I certainly have it. And uh, you don't have to be uh, all that smart. I'm certainly not. Uh, and yet, um, I've 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 enjoyed this and have, have decided to stick with it. Um, so if if somebody wanted to text or call or email me, um, uh, that that door uh, that opportunity is open. And if I could, in some small way or or maybe some significant way um help somebody along their journey or help somebody get off the sidelines uh that would be um that would be pretty awesome well that's great what's your contact information then the phone and and email uh yes my my cell phone number if you wanted to share that with with anybody that'd be great my email uh, address is is pretty straightforward. It's email ledbetter at gmail.com. And um, um, yeah, would love would love to hear uh, from somebody. I, I did a podcast once upon a time, uh, Bill, where I heard from two individuals um, overseas oh, that wow. were looking to buy some property, rental property in Texas. And that was pretty cool. I, I felt it, it was um, uh, pretty neat to to talk with a perfect stranger across the pond <laughs> on the <laughs> other side of the world and to say and, to you know, maybe try to give them some insight that they couldn't uh, gather for themselves, uh, you know, uh, through some other means. Uh, that's great. That's great. Well, if people um, want to contact me, um, I, you know, I, I'd be happy to forward your your phone number if that's okay with you and uh um and then they have your email there maybe that'd be the best way to start you know just uh maybe email with their with their the challenges and uh and then uh from there you can uh you know uh, communicate with them however you want but uh, that sounds that's very generous of you uh james i really appreciate that 
Oh, you you bet. And and Bill, this is this has been time well spent. Uh, you know, uh, we all know how crazy busy life can be. And there's so many things we have to do these days that we may not have very much passion for or something like that. Uh, but uh, uh, chatting with you on a on a Tuesday afternoon, man, um, yeah, the, the, the pleasure is all mine and, and I'm I'm eternally grateful. Uh, well, thank you so much. Uh, I, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and joining us today. Thanks again, Bill. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure. And I also want to thank all our old dog listeners out there, too, for joining us. I know there's a lot of other things you could be doing right now, but the fact that you've taken the time to join us means a lot. And we really appreciate it. Now, please note everything that James talked about in there and uh, uh, references to you know various resources as well can be accessed in our detailed show notes on the Old Dogs website at olddogsreinetwork.com forward slash blog. And you're going to look for the episode with James Ledbetter. Well, that's the show for today. Remember, cash flow is king and real estate investing the means. Until next time, keep moving forward and may God bless. Thank you very much for visiting the Old Dogs REI Network. We would greatly appreciate if you would stop by iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, and write a review. The more ratings and reviews we receive, the more visible the podcast will be to others. Thank you.